0: We turn in God's Word this morning to Psalm 136. Psalm
1: 136. Our small children will be able to memorize the last part of every verse because it's
0: the same. O give thanks unto the
1: Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for inheritance. For his mercy endureth forever. Even in heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh for his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. This is God's word to us. We consider verse 1. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever.
0: Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ,
1: our Reformed Fathers in the Netherlands, centuries ago, decided to call God's people together for worship on certain national holidays with a purported religious purpose. And they did so in order that God's people not get all caught up in the corrupted festivities of the world, but that they devote their attention to their Redeemer and to spiritual things. And that custom has carried over into our country in Reformed churches of Dutch origin, and so today we gather for this special worship service on annual, the annual Thanksgiving Day. It's not that such is required of us in Scripture. What is required is that we live lives of thankfulness to the God of our salvation. So Thanksgiving is not a matter of being a a day once a year, but every day of the year. Even so, as you are probably aware, the Puritans who settled in our country the pilgrims began holding a special day of thanksgiving at the end of the harvest season for the purpose of giving thanks to god for the crops of the field and after some time a national holiday was established our annual thanksgiving day it's good to be reminded of of scripture's call to be thankful, but as is true with many national holidays, what began as a religious observation became corrupted into a day of festivity and gluttony and drunkenness without any regard for God. And so we take this day set apart as a national holiday and We use it religiously to remind ourselves of the great God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light who gives us every good gift. And we remind ourselves of the reason we have for thanksgiving, always, and to worship him who has given us of his infinite mercy. The text that I take for the purpose of leading us into proper thanksgiving to God is found, as we read, in Psalm 136. Psalm 136 was apparently composed by David, and it's generally agreed that the historical context of this psalm is that found recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, when the ark of the Lord was returned to Jerusalem and placed in the midst of the tabernacle, David appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to thank and praise God for his greatness and glory and for his works in the salvation of his people. And from among the Levites, two musicians, Heman and Jeduthun were chosen to lead the people in their praise with the explicit purpose, we read in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 41, to give thanks unto the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. So this song consequently became one of the most common and love songs among the congregation of God's people. But that which immediately stands out in this psalm, as I called attention to earlier, is its repetitive refrain. For his mercy endureth forever. Every single verse concludes with that refrain. Certainly that refrain is not just repeated for the sake of taking up time and space, nor for mere repetition. Why does the Holy Spirit inspire David to use this phrase to conclude every verse of this psalm? Because this psalm, above all others, seeks to demonstrate the manifold nature and numerous facets of the marvelous gift of God's mercy. And the point is, no matter what aspect of life you consider, no matter where you look, when you belong to Jehovah, his mercy surrounds you. Wherever you go, and encompasses you in all things. And that indeed is the cause for true thanksgiving and great rejoicing. Is that your reason to gather for praise and thanksgiving to God this morning? May our consideration of the text be used by God to increase our desire to thank and praise Him. The theme of the text is called to give thanks. And we notice, first of all, the object of our thanks. Secondly, the giving of that thanks. And finally, the only possibility for such thankfulness. The object of our thanks today and every day is Jehovah God. Jehovah's mercy. We gather to give thanks to God, not merely for good things that might be in our possession. It's true, we give thanks to God for every good thing. That's our calling. One of the, we we may not be an ungrateful people. One of the greatest sins of Israel in the Old Testament was their chronic complaining and ingratitude to God. When you read the history of Israel and the rebukes that God sent them through the prophets, you find Israel was characterized by terrible unthankfulness for that which God gave them. You remember during the wilderness wanderings, God gave them clothing that never wore out. That wasn't good enough for them. They wanted new. God fed them with heavenly bread, manna, which contained all the nutrients and taste necessary to provide satisfaction and health for the body, That wasn't good enough, however, for the children of Israel. They began very soon to complain. They wanted meat. They wanted the delicacies that they had enjoyed in Egypt. Always complaining. That was Israel's great sin. Not only that, but you find coming to expression by that complaining that they were a people terribly self-centered and worldly-minded. They would frequently put themselves and their own financial prosperity above God. And seeking themselves first, they never had enough. God said to them, this is centuries later in, in, through the prophecy of Haggai. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. When he brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that lies waste. And ye run every man to his own house. And though in God's mercy he brought them by the word of his prophet to repentance,
0: didn't last very long. And they were right back to the same sin. God could never do them right.
1: Solomon put it this way, In Proverbs 27, verse 20, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. And beloved, that record of Israel's history, let's not forget, is recorded for our admonition. According to 1 Corinthians 10, we must not be
0: chronic complainers, unthankful for what God has given us. Have we ever gone without our daily bread? Have we ever been unable to go out because we lacked clothing? The answer is no. For all of us. How often do we thank God for the benefits He has given us? It's
1: easy for us to complain, isn't it? That's our sinful nature. We never have enough, it seems. Never have what we want.
0: We don't appreciate what we have we have a multitude of possessions and all we look at is the escalating inflation we put money away as provision for the future And we see it eaten away. and We lose sight of what God has given us. You see, how thankful
1: are we? Do we think that God finds acceptable the ingratitude of His people for the many good things He has given us?
0: Do we count our blessing. We
1: must thank him for every good thing. And such thankfulness is to consider one by one the things that God has given us and to respond as did Jacob in Genesis 32, verse 10, God, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant.
0: Let's not forget, people of God, God owes us nothing. Everything that we have,
1: we've received as his gift. And you and I are called to reckon with our own unworthiness and and look to the God who is the giver of every good gift. Let's thank God for many good things. But the content of true thanksgiving will not find its focus, first of all and primarily, on things. It might seem easier one year than another to celebrate Thanksgiving. Especially if we focus on prosperity, good health, and so on. It might be pretty easy to give thanks one year, while the next year you might be suffering an affliction You might not be doing so well as you were previously financially. Shall the reason for our celebration be simply material prosperity? Not if we live in the consciousness of the gospel, where we are told to seek the things above and not the things on earth. In the Old Testament, When Psalm 136 was written, it was possible to focus one's rejoicing on earthly prosperity because in the land of Canaan, every ounce of earthly prosperity spoke of the riches of God's promise because Canaan was the picture of heaven.
0: You see, we must give thanks to God
1: for all things. When he gives us a bountiful year, he, we indeed owe him our gratitude. When he gives us health, we owe him our gratitude. Not simply to take it for granted. But let's understand, those things don't give us sufficient reason for thanksgiving because earthly things and our physical health and strength
0: all are passing we're called to thank god always we're called to thank god from the hospital bed from the rehab center from the sick bed when we're going through severe trials, what then must be the motivation and the cause of our thankfulness? What must
1: be the focus in our thanksgiving to God? We call attention once again to the words of the text. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good. And that's to be the focus as we give God the thanks that we owe him. Thanksgiving, true thanksgiving, is always that we say, God is good.
0: God is good. That's who he is. He is
1: goodness. And sometimes when Scripture speaks of God's goodness, it speaks of his perfections. God is perfect. No imperfection in him. And included in that concept is the fact that he is righteous and holy. There's no impurity in him. And therefore, every single thing he does is good. He's the source of all good, the sustainer of that which is good, the perfecter of good, the rewarder of good. And for this he deserves the praise of his people, their constant gratitude. But when we consider this text, then we see that such a call to thanksgiving is not merely a call to acknowledge that God is good in himself. Rather, the call issued by the inspired psalmist is the call to praise God for that goodness that is revealed to his people. We don't
0: praise God for cold doctrine.
1: God reveals himself as the good God. He reveals Himself to us as the
0: good God. We owe Him our praise and thanksgiving always.
1: The psalmist speaks of praising God for what is His experience as as a child of God. The call is to praise God for the wonder of His goodness to you, to me.
0: So will you praise Him? O oh, give
1: thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And we've experienced it. He's the fountain of all good so that all that we
0: receive from Him is good. You see, this calling to true thankfulness is
1: not something superficial, is it? It's a call to something that immediately excludes all focus on earthly things. It's a call to thank God in
0: all things, for He is good.
1: How shall we give such thanks to God? Well, if we are to give such thanks to God, implied is the following. First, we have to be conscious that we are possessors of God's good gifts. Of His goodness. That means you must know that you are partaker of God's fellowship. And as a partaker of God's fellowship, you have nothing but good things. You must be able to confess with, the, song, with Paul, the apostle in Romans 8 verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose.
0: Know that. True thanksgiving
1: must come from that knowledge that we abide in His fellowship. That must be true, else, you cannot give such
0: praise and thanksgiving to God. If you feel you don't have good things, you won't be thankful.
1: After all, I, I will speak of it as psychologically impossible to be thankful for evil things. If our perspective is not that God is at work in my life, then it's impossible for me to be thankful in the face of the trials and sorrows of this earthly soldier. And therefore I say, if we are truly to give thanks, we must recognize that all that God gives us is good, even when he gives us what apparently makes things difficult for us, and even when we cannot see how such things can possibly be
0: for our good. In the
1: second place, true thanksgiving includes that we look upon all God's goodness and our experience of that goodness as his gift to us, something which we have not merited at all, You and I must recognize in humility before God that he owes us no good thing. As long as we look upon the the good things that we possess as something we have earned,
0: we cannot give thanks.
1: If you've earned something, it's no longer a gift. We give thanks for things given to us. As long as there is in our perspective an element of pride, of self-centeredness, of man-centeredness, you and I really can't give thanks to God. We have to be entirely focused upon our Heavenly Father and what he has given us in his Son, Jesus Christ. We have to be able to say, not only that the Lord has given me many good things, we have to be able to say, Jehovah is good, and I have enjoyed his goodness in every aspect of my life, and all along the pathway down
0: which he has led me. Now I know. Immediately
1: you might you will ask, how's that even possible? The profound nature of this instruction is even emphasized in this text, because that call to give thanks is literally a call to praise Jehovah. Celebrate the truth that God is good. good to you. In, in a sense, the call that we have here in Psalm 136 verse 1 is repeated in Scripture in Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Some of you have
0: experienced great affliction. Some of you have
1: experienced the death of a very close loved one. Some of you have carried tremendous burdens of guilt and shame for sins that into which you have fallen. And I dare say that every one of you, together with me, has your daily struggles and trials. And by the way, David himself mentioned, David himself experienced all those things that I've just mentioned. He didn't write this from some ivory tower. How is it possible that we go beyond saying, thanks Lord for these certain good things? How is it even possible that we are thankful in all things, that we praise God in everything when over everything hangs the cloud of death. How can we celebrate Thanksgiving, people of God? Midst of the sorrows of this earthly sojourn, How can we celebrate Thanksgiving to God?
0: And remember, to celebrate Thanksgiving is not to stuff ourselves like pigs and then do whatever the rest of the day. Plenty of football games on today and other things.
1: We speak now of true thanksgiving to God. How is it possible truly and consciously to praise God when we sit under the shadow of death? The only possibility for such thankfulness is to say by faith, along with David, O Jehovah, thy mercy endures, Forever. God's goodness and his mercy are not to be separated. Mercy is simply God's goodness as revealed to his people who are sinners. His people in their misery. Mercy is God's goodness as he reaches down to us in this valley of the shadow of death and in the midst of our sin and sorrow. And then we may say also this, God's mercy is His desire to take His miserable people and make them inexpressibly happy. To put it in another words, it's God's desire to lift us out of our misery and sorrow and death, into the blessedness of his glorious kingdom. It's his desire to make us heirs of that inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled that never fades away. That's God's mercy. And that mercy, says the text, is everlasting. Everlasting. That's emphasized emphasized also by reference to the name Jehovah. Oh, give thanks unto Jehovah, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Jehovah, as you know, is God's name that reveals him unchangeably faithful to his covenant. He is the I am that I am. And as Malachi expresses it in Malachi 3 verse 6, therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. It's not so that God is merciful one moment and not the next. It's not so that God is merciful when He leads you through a comfortable period of life gives you prosperity, but that his mercy is gone when he leads you through trials and sorrow. The beauty of belonging to Jehovah as a member of his family in Christ Jesus is that even when he sees it necessary to chasten us, And he chastens those whom he loves, Hebrews 12. It's his mercy that motivates that chastening of us. God's mercy is unchangeable.
0: It's also exclusive. God has
1: revealed his mercy in Christ Jesus to all those who are his. He has revealed his mercy at Calvary, in the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In that cross, God revealed his will to bless his people. So that as we consider this text today, there's one thing of utmost importance that comes to the fore. There is no possibility of thanksgiving outside of Christ. And therefore, if you are to enter into the courts of praise and give thanks to God, you must know yourself one with Christ by faith.
0: All good things come to focus in Christ. Do you know him? Is he your savior?
1: Do you follow him? Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Is Jesus your
0: Savior? Then certainly
1: you have reason for great rejoicing. O give thanks unto Jehovah, praise him who is worthy of of our praise. Look at him in the face of Jesus Christ and experience his mercy in the forgiveness of your sins. Of your guilt, which is piled up far higher than Long's Peak, which you increase daily. Praise Jehovah as you see in Jesus the cleansing of your innumerable sins. Because certainly that's the chief of all the blessings we receive. Even in the face of great trial and struggle, to have Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins is to have the taste of God's infinite and unchangeable mercy? because in Christ all things are for us. And that's the emphasis of everything that follows. The psalmist enumerates at great length all these various manifestations of the mercy of Jehovah, he points to all things that take place in the realm of creation as evidence of God's mercy, reason to render to God our humble and hearty thanks. And then in verses 10 through 20, Psalm 136 repeatedly praises the mercy of God as a reason, get this, the outpouring of his wrath over against the ungodly and the enemies of his cause. He emphasizes that great truth, which will later become the theme of the book of Isaiah's prophecy, Zion shall be redeemed with judgment, and her converts with righteousness. And then follows this. God has remembered us in
0: our low estate. Shall we not thank Him? His mercy endureth forever.
1: So we cannot thank God unless we see His goodness, and we cannot say that God is good unless we can say His mercy endureth forever that means we also cannot give thanks except we look at all things in the light of eternity. I'm reminded of the instruction of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, where he writes, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, It's easy for us in the midst of affliction, especially, or other trials to say, well, Paul obviously did not know what he was talking about there. He doesn't know what I'm going through. Well, it might be true that the apostle did not experience exactly what you're going through. It's just as true, however, that you have not and probably will never experience the measure of affliction that he had to experience and which served as the context in which he wrote 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. You see, it does absolutely no good to be making comparisons of your situation with that of others, nor viewing the Word of God with a rebellious spirit. Rather, you must understand that the Apostle wrote this from a spiritual perspective. And that's the perspective that you and I must take always, and that's why verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 4 may not be separated from verse 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. True thanksgiving requires a very spiritual perspective, beloved, the perspective of faith. It is to count your blessings one by one and to turn to Jehovah and to say, Lord, it's all of thee. Even these things which are trials, and sorrows for me. It's
0: all of thee. And truly thou art good. Because thou hast given me to Christ.
1: And for that reason I know that all things are for my sake. And thy mercy
0: endure forever. That's your confession. Oh, give thanks unto Jehovah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we cannot thank Thee enough for Thy mercy revealed to us in Christ Jesus. Thy great love for us. We cannot thank
1: thee enough, knowing that all things are for our sakes because we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. But we come to thee to worship and to praise thee, and we pray that Thou wilt receive our humble praise as a token of our gratitude to Thee. For Jesus'
0: sake, Amen.